Hello, welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Rain Dunnigan. And we're coming at you with uh, a brand new live-action Cowboy Bebop uh, TV show on Netflix, which was uh, kind of an interesting romp. That's the way I would kind of say it. Yeah, well, it's one of those things, for people who've been, this is your first time tuning in, um, Cowboy Bebop is both one of our favorite shows, and um, when we first heard this, I mean, you know, a lot of the internet was like, oh my god, it's gonna be the worst thing ever, I'm like, I don't think it's gonna be the worst thing ever, but we'll find out when it happens, whatever it is. And uh, before we go into spoilers, or when this happens, that happens, let me just say off the bat, like, I liked it. I wasn't blown away, I didn't love it, but... I liked it, you know, and I think people are being a little too harsh on it. There are there are definitely things in there. They're like, why'd you do that? But there are other things like, oh, that was pretty good, you know. Yeah, it, it has some weird choices here and there, and so on. But uh, yeah, overall, it was enjoyable. I will say, it kind of peters out. Like I, I felt like it started off really good. Like as well as when we talked yesterday, I was only up to episode five. I'm like, dude, it's pretty good. And then I kind of realized I'm like, the, then like the next five episodes, it's like, okay, n- not a whole lot happens. On this is definitely the filler section of uh, we're just waiting to get to the end here, you know. But um, but yeah, no, it's it's one of those ones. I mean, I know people are just at this point now where they just want to hate everything. It seems like anything that comes out, like it's like God forbid, it's the worst thing ever. I mean, you can see with the Grand Theft Auto remasters that come out, people are like, I, saw this, this, I want my money back. It's like they're worse than the original versions. I'm like, well, you know, I have the original versions and I have these remastered ones, and uh, I've went through all the remastered ones, and they're, you know, I mean, yeah, could could they be better? Probably, but you know, they're not bad. This worked for me. I, I made it through Grand Theft Auto Three and Vice City. You know, it's like. What's the problem? But I feel like that's kind of the same thing that Cowboy Bebop started getting to. It's just people just want to hate the hate almost because in a sense because you don't have actual problems like war, you know, and famine and all that kind of stuff. So they just got to hate all the free shit they get practically. The war economy from, uh, Metal, Gear from Metal Gear Solid 4. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's pretty much what they mean. Metal Gear Solid 4. They're, they're just like, you know what? Here's the thing. If people don't have war, they're just going to start bitching about every movie, every video game, every book that comes out. You know, if they got war, they got a reason why, you know, it's great to be alive. Why it's great the- to, you know, go on another day. This, that's the scene when, like, uh, Big Boss and, like, Solid Snake are in the graveyard walking back and forth. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you're not going to believe it. He's like, you know, pretty soon in the future they're going to make this Cowboy Bebop live. They're going to make a fucking Cowboy Bebop live action? Yeah, I know. I thought it was pretty weird, too. But uh, people are going to bitch the fuck out of it because you know why? We don't got war anymore. You know, they're going to give up on Iraq. And then next thing you know, people are just going to be as pissed as all can be. He's saying this while he's like leaning against the boss's gravestone dying because of the fox die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like wow, he really called it. He like you know years. Well, actually, you know, Spike probably not Spike. <laughs> Snake probably only had like five years max by that point. So who knows? But yeah, um, the, the well the whole thing with that show. Um, uh, I actually, it's funny you say that because a lot of people thought it started off slow and then they liked it more as it as it went along. Where I found myself kind of like, um, I felt pretty consistent about it the whole way. But I kind of figured, like, I don't want to sound like, I'm not trying to be like, like, like oh, I knew this was going to happen because of this. But the second, you know, you start, I just kind of like, I, I was just curious. I looked at, I went on IMDb before, when the show, before they even released a trailer, before they even released stills. And uh-huh. I just looked up the cast. And I just wanted to see, like, what other characters were in the show. And I saw, like, 
oh, this character's in the show for this many episodes, this character's in the show for that many episodes. So I figured it was going to be one of those things where there is a constant narrative through line as opposed to... Um, as opposed to with the show. Yeah, where, like, Vicious is only in, like, I think four or five episodes of the original 26-episode series. And he's in nearly, I think, every episode of this, whether it be yeah. a majority of it or just a quick part. Well, so I was like, okay, this is going to be something kind of running through, and they're probably going to be visiting a couple of the same locations because they, they made these sets like, look, we're not getting rid of the set. <laughs> Obviously, the Bebop is going to be there every episode, but there's other sets that, like, okay, you made this bar, we got to make use of this bar. It, well, then I think that's kind of the thing is that it, it has the, the almost the standard television problem that no matter what, it's like... They, you're going to be like it's it's almost too long, so it's almost like okay, we're, we got to do some filler stuff. We got to let's just hang around this you know place for a, a good long while more than we have to, you know, and so on. And I, and I think that's just kind of where it was, like because I felt like when it first the first like four episodes, I'm like, man, it's actually got pretty good pace for a TV show, you know. There's kind of it's got action in every single episode and so on. And I think it was by about episode five. I mean, I like of course the you know the scenes with. Um, uh, Jet when he's going back with his old like police buddy and so on like that because that stuff I always thought was really cool but then the the other like half of the show is like the most fillery stuff ever it's just like literally like um, it's like let's find Faye and Spike and just find a way so they don't leave the ship and don't go out and do anything cool and don't have any action they're just gonna kind of keep you know talking and fighting over who they're gonna get for their next bounty but they're never actually gonna go after an actual bounty and I thought it's just like okay come on like it has that thing where it's like I almost think the show would be better off as just a twenty five minute long show or something like that instead of being like a 40 minutes each time or whatever they run. Yeah, I think this would be better off as a 25 or 30 minute episode, but at the same time, that particular, that didn't bother me because usually they are out in the field and they are off doing a bunch of different things, but that one in particular, I didn't mind just because we got to see them bounce off each other and it still felt like Faye and Spike and the way they bicker, but I guess in like just a different conversation we never saw in the live action show. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was one of those things like, and how they just kept on procrastinating and then like Faye's like, wait, you don't think I'm actually a good bounty hunter. You think I'm going to mess it up. So you just keep on finding excuses to keep me in here. Like, yeah, yeah, you pretty much called it, you know? So, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like, that was an easy day to shoot. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's time, what I mean. I felt like it was but, just a lot yeah. of... I'm not saying that, like, it's all bad, but it is just like it felt like, okay, we're just dragging this out so we can hit that 40-minute mark again. But at the same time, though, I didn't think that it wasn't entertaining. The whole time, I, there, there was, like, maybe some scenes that I think went on for too long, and I, which I can't really name one off the top of my head. But it's and there's also just some weird choices. But some of those choices I think are just out of the context of like, well, this would work better in animation. So we got to find excuses to present it this way. And since we already got, we got to kind of make longevity out of because because in all honesty, you know, one of the big changes. And I I haven't really looked at a lot of reviews. I've just kind of seen like thumbnails of like negative reviews, and I'm just like, well, I already I, you already first off before I even watch the show, I know Ed's gonna be in it. Because it's in your thumbnail. Fuck you. Yeah. And then... Um, yeah, just guys, so people just using that clickbait material. Some people just fucking suck. Anyway, fuck Clownfish TV. Fuck the quartering. You know? Anyway, so... Um, those are the one thumbnails I saw. Anyway, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so... Looking at that, I was kind of like, alright, well... I could just see there's a lot of negative reviews on this, but let me just go in and see and then watching it there is that thing like for instance like vicious 
if if Vicious was just kind of scowling and like only saying five words every few episodes, then I in live action and using them all the time like that, that would have been probably a bit much. So I get kind of why they made him a little bit more of like he's somewhat self-conscious. He can kill anybody in the room, but at the same time, he's afraid someone else is going to like, he's, he constantly has this thing. Like he's trying to prove like, daddy, I can do it. I can do it. (laughs) Well, they give him a very like British. It's kind of weird because vicious is almost kind of like, the guy who plays him is not bad, but it's, he's odd. It, it's like, one, it's like, also, I think it's weird when you get, like, someone, like, who has, like, really dark hair, and then it's like, here, let's just get him with, like, white hair, which just makes him look like he's got a funny wig on the whole time. Like, it's like, couldn't you have just got somebody who's closer to blonde so it didn't look so, like, uncanny, unnatural? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. so he, he looks kind of funny the whole time you're looking at him. Like, he almost just, he, you know what I mean? Like, I, it's either that or I felt like Vicious should have been Japanese. Like, it's one of those ones. Because a Japanese guy, I think, could pull off having like the the pure like white hair and it would almost look more natural but um but they do give him that kind of like british aristocrat like things are just never the way i want them to be i just always want to be the best but somebody always gets in my way and i have to kill them and a little bit more whiny and mopier and so on and i mean as once again i guess it's because they're filling them in there because once again vicious you know, if you watch the show, I mean, like, especially if you're watching the show off TV back in the day, you might have never even seen an episode that had Vicious in it. That's how, like, limited he is in it. And the whole thing with him is when he's on screen, you know it. And he barely, like, there's something about him that he's constantly just, like, brooding. And just, like, um, I was on, I'd like to get him on this show eventually, but I was on um, Dragon Ball and Chain, like, a few months back. And I was talking to Chris on that show. And we were talking about Bebop. And it's usually a Dragon Ball-focused episode show, but they did a Bebop one, and they wanted me on. Um, that right there, they had... He, they, he said, like, you know, here's the thing about Vicious. He's not much of a character, because he, he's more of, like, a force. He's more of, like, he has great screen presence, but he doesn't really have a lot of character. I'm like, I see what you mean, but at the same time, I feel like sometimes that's something to the effect, like, for the type of story they're trying to tell, I think that works for the original. For this, he... That could, like, kind of wear thin a little quicker. But at the same time, in that case, maybe you shouldn't probably use him every episode. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know what I mean? Because I'll say this. I think what makes Vicious work better than the original one is he, he comes across as a lot more mysterious. This one, you're getting a little too much. It's the same thing with Julia. It's almost like they're really utilizing Julia, like, a lot. But it almost, like, I don't know. It's like... Especially even when you get towards the end, then, you know, she just becomes, like, this ultimate villain and so on. It's like, you know, maybe she should have been a little bit more mysterious, too, instead of being used throughout this whole thing. I mean, I get why they did it. At the same time, though, it's just one of those things of, like, I I wasn't... It wasn't that I wasn't entertained. It's just, yeah, yeah, I prefer the original. But at the same time, like, I'll I'll say this. There are conversations when they have the flashback episode Mm -hmm. with Spike and Vicious and a lot of that gets filled in. A lot of times... People hate that, but in this particular one, it didn't bother me because, well, this is this version of it. This isn't. Yeah. If they just said this is the new the new version, then I'd be like, what the fuck? But since this is this version, I'm fine with it. And I thought a lot of the back and forth when I saw that. When I saw the episode with where Spike and Vicious are actually being casual and kind of bullshitting with each other, I liked that. I thought then that was the episode that kind of endeared me a little more to him. Mm-hmm. And then that that's kind of. It's kind of weird how I give a show credit if you can make me go have my arms crossed majority of the time over a particular thing. And then when you get to this one particular episode that kind of helps flesh it out, I'm like, oh, okay, okay, you know. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I think that's fine. No, no, that's all. I mean, I, I'm looking at I, when I'm looking at this show. I'm not looking at. The, I mean, you can't help but kind of compare it to the original series, but it's one of those ones where uh, I'm still taking it like kind of like, hey, this is just an adaptation. It's going to be a little bit different. I mean, really, it's like it gives kind of like that very like almost fireflies how that's that's like the way i feel they kind of went across and now firefly always feels like that's almost like very bebop oriented and you you could almost even feel like firefly is almost like bebop inspired but like those things almost came out like the same time so it's like i almost feel they might not have had any like knowledge of each other Mm -hmm. well it's also um the thing with that is because you mentioned firefly and i actually wanted to say this because when you watch firefly there is things I, i still like the show but there are things when you watch it back again um it's hokey. <laughs> it's very hokey. It's yeah. very it's very cheap. And the thing about and I, you know you get it. They said, well, let's make this look a little bit more westerny. Let's go to some old western town, <laughs> like uh-huh. you know, like <laughs> we're literally going to go to an old western town. I mean, like this. Don't get me wrong. Like, I like Firefly as well too, but it is it is very hokey, you know. <laughs> and they use that they use that too because like look, it's limited budget budget. So since people are settling, they can only like you know make so much. So it is going to be kind of like a frontier town, like. That's a cool concept. I still don't think it'll be full on log cabins and bonnets. And <laughs> yeah. I, the thing with this is it doesn't do that exactly, but some sets and locations look great. Others look like they're filming like behind the behind the Best Buy or something, you know? Yeah. Well, I'll say this. This show has a hokey feel to it, too. And I'm not saying that like is is necessary. That's not a bad thing. That kind of gives it kind of a fun feel in a sense. But um, yeah, it does have some... It will have some certain... It's weird. It's like the pure CG like space scenes look fantastic, but then sometimes you get to some of the real sets, and that's where it looks maybe a little bit goofy. Because they, they do that thing where um, it almost kind of reminds me like the same way that Gotham was, where it's like, okay, we're in the future. I mean, Gotham's not technically in the future 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 but you know what i mean but it has all like this old-fashioned technology for some weird reason which i'll say this i think in bebop it didn't really mean to have that it's just like in 1998 you know the stuff that they had was actually looking pretty futuristic and so on but now they're almost doing the thing where it's like oh just slap some apple computers like some 1985 apple computers around and that's how they're running the the spaceship here you know and put you know uh, a sinclair over here and that's what they're typing on it's, it's just i don't know i feel like that stuff i mean it's interesting but it's kind of a little bit like okay i mean like that's always a little odd when it's like old-fashioned really old-fashioned tech that's running really like modern stuff well the thing about bebop is that this they only mention the astral gate and the explosion they don't really go into detail with it mm-hmm. um and the whole thing with bebop is okay there is a big accident people had to leave earth in a sh- in a rush and try to get over and make colonies and go and terraform other planets because the earth, earth was fucked mm-hmm. so they just took what they had and a lot of things i mean there's some planets like mars is kind of like you know your new york city or or whatever because that's the one that's probably mars is one of the first ones that was colonized so mars is the most far ahead but there's other colonies and other terraformed planets that aren't as far ahead Mm -hmm. so those have shit that was left over and they're constantly reusing things so without that context you don't really have it's just kind of like, why is he okay? He's running a crime syndicate, but he has an old, old-fashioned like typewriter in his room. You know what I mean? So there's some things kind of like that. You know, it, as I said, it reminds me of the same way that like Gotham kind of was, like that show. And I mean, all in all, that that's actually a pretty solid show. But like, it did have that weird thing. Like they're using typewriters, but they also have cell phones. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just like okay, like you know what I mean? Like it is kind of a little bit kind of bizarre. But I mean, I, I guess that once again, if you take the anime. 
anime, like in 1998, like you know, you you could still make just a regular square box like PC look pretty futuristic and so on. You just give it a couple extra effects and whatnot. But um, but it does kind of have that, and I felt like because you know, in a sense, this show's sort of meant for like people that, in a sense, people that watch the anime, but also people that never have seen the anime, and they're trying to get brand new people involved. And those people might be slightly confused on what the hell, why the hell does this look like this? Well, my thing is, it's kind of like. Because that was even another thing with Bebop, because I, I remember reading it right around the time when the um, the movie was coming out, the, the animated movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember reading a, a interview with a bunch of people that were involved in making it. I want to say the director or maybe the concept artist, one of them, was saying something to the effect of, like, I want it to look like it could be today, but at the same time... It could also be, like, somewhere in the future, you know? Like, you'd be walking down the street, and it looks like you're somewhere in, you know, like, the slums of Italy. Then mm-hmm. you go around the corner, and there's a machine that's make, that's terraforming the planet. And, like, some old, like, some kind of machine, you don't even know what, what, what it is. But the thing's been used a lot and been worn down. And then a kid goes by on a bicycle that doesn't even, like, work all that well. So, like, it wasn't that verbatim, but it was something to that effect. Yeah. So, and I think the show does a really good job of portraying that. But the, sh- but the I mean, the, the original show, as well as the animated movie, this does not do as good of a job just because they're I think they're just more limited on budget. I, yeah. I think Netflix is being a little stingy with the budget and some things look great, other things look kind of like what you're saying, kinda of like well, like I, I guess the the Gotham slash Firefly mentality, you know? Yeah, exactly. Just like okay, we're gonna kinda you know, sort of use what we have and kind of mix match these things together and whatnot. I'm not saying it necessarily looks bad. It's it's kind of cool in a way. It's just kind of a l- little bit funny, but you know, not not a bad thing necessarily. Um, it's more like kind of it's kind of like maybe this isn't practical, but this image right here invokes noir or invokes western. So we're going to go with that because that's the feeling it's invoking, even though they probably wouldn't be using that. But like it's kind of like just to give an example, like. Of what I mean, because there's a scene, like, one of the last shots, when Spike is walking down the alley, and you see that city in the distance. Uh That city looks good, and that looks like it takes place in Cowboy Bebop. And then there's another area, like, so many moments where we just got to meet up at this place or that place, and it looks kind of like they're just at, like, a area, like a storage unit warehouse or something, and... They, well, that's what, literally what it was. It was storage unit. That, to me, that's not, the, to me, that's not the best example. But it looks like there, there's things like that, though, throughout the show. And, and then they just plop, like, a little sci-fi food truck and then, like, some fancy, like, sci-fi-looking lights and we call it good, you know? Yeah, exactly. Kind of has that sort of feel to it and so on. But, um, I mean, that's generally just a TV issue in general. But, um, but yeah. No, it's it's still kind of neat. I mean, another thing I think that's a little bit interesting that they kind of go off is they give this thing a rated R, but it's almost like a weird one because it's like it, this thing should be almost like PG-13 because the only thing it really makes it rated R for the most part is just the language. And the language almost feels kind of out of place sometimes. I felt like... Well, the violence, it's, it's, it's more violent. That, it's the, not that violent, though. It, it's, that's the I, thing, thing is it, it, it only has... They have, like, a couple moments, but, like, most of the time it cuts away, and it's just little blood spurts and things like that. Like, I feel like this thing almost could have been pulled back to a PG-13, and... I mean, like, it's one of those ones, like, yeah, I mean, I know, like, the, you know, the Cowboy Bebop, the movie's rated R, but let's be honest, that's pretty much PG-13. I feel like that just gets rated R, because that's just that one time period where they're like, uh, this, this show seems a little bit, uh, too intense for, uh, since it's animated, so, uh, just slap a rated R on it. We're just not too sure about it, you know? I, I feel like that's why that gets that. But, um, 
can I just say something about that? I, I mm-hmm. feel like that movie wasn't even finished by the Motion Picture Association of America, just because it just says some violent images. That's all it says on there. It doesn't say anything about the language in the movie. It doesn't say anything about like the sexuality and like you know tits, like face tits hanging out for a second. Or... Well, they don't. They don't like <laughs> hang. It's just, it's just like cleavage. Yeah, yeah, but you know, just kind of like a lot of the sexual. There's a lot of sexuality in the movie too. Yeah. So I mean, she's literally bound up, and he brings a blade up, cuts her <laughs> shirt open. Her tits aren't hanging out, but they're you know. Yeah. Still, you know, and then like, I'm pretty sure they didn't even finished that movie. They're like, uh, it's probably an R. Call it good. We don't yeah. have time for this. Yeah. I, I just felt like it's one of those ones. Somebody was scared that they were watching anime. They just didn't want to be caught watching animation. I felt so they just like gave it that because that thing's pretty much like a PG-13. I mean, it's it's really. The only difference between that and, like, the TV show, mostly, is just it, it has a couple things that you probably couldn't do on a TV-14 television, but you could do in a PG-13 movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, like, the, the violence, I'm going to say, there, there's a few violent scenes that really stand out. There's, like, the part where it's, there, where there's the, um, I forget the character's name, but there's the, there's the environmentalist lady. Instead of turning people into monkeys, she turns them into trees. Mm-hmm. And the scene where you see the t- lady get turned into a tree, that's like some straight up evil dead type shit. Mm-hmm. And then you have like a couple of, you have like scenes where like people get decapitated by vicious. And then you have like, you know, so there, then there's, so there's a few scenes kind of like that. But I mean, the violence isn't the worst violence I've ever seen, but I guess kind of knowing what Cowboy Bebop is, and they put in, like, these five scenes to probably push it a little more to R, and they stack up all the language. Yeah, well, because that's the thing, is I feel I feel like the language feels kind of out of place. It, it almost reminds me of, like, when you start watching those later-day Family Guy ones, and they start making the Family Guy stuff rated R, and you go, you know what, it seems kind of weird that Peter Griffin's saying fuck all the time. Like... It, I haven't seen any of those, really. He does? Yeah, he does. It's like, I, I, I remember Cisco had some of those, like, when he got kind of into collecting all the Family Guy Blu-ray or DVDs and so on. He's like, yeah, he's like, by the later day ones, it's like, they're all, like, rated R, because they're like, they do, like, the unrated thing when they come out. You know, and I, I don't know if they're just trying to compete with South Park, but it's like, you know, South Park, you expect that. But it was all, it would almost be the same thing if Simpsons came out and just, like, started, like, we're going fucking full rated R of Simpsons. You'd be like, well... What the fuck, Homer? Yeah. I mean, I mean, for a novelty moment, it would be interesting, but you know, in the long run, you'd be like, "Wait a second, th- this isn't exactly what this show is." And I feel like with Cowboy Bebop, it's almost like Phase the One because they just make her like she comes out like she's swearing like a sailor the whole time, and I feel like it's like it's almost like. I don't know. It feels like it's kind of like there just to be like, oh yeah, like almost like a fifteen-year-old coming like, yeah, I want to see this like you know, this swearing left and right like you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be intense, man. Be like. Well, I, it, I don't know. It felt like the show didn't need it. Like, I don't, I don't know why uh, you, you need so much in this. It, it sounds weird, but just, I don't know. I just, Cowboy Bebop doesn't have that feel that, like, it needs all that swearing. I don't know. It just doesn't balance it, I don't think, but. Newsflash, Old Man Orange does not like swearing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is. I'm just saying, it's like. It, it, no, I get you. I, I totally get it, what it, you there, mean. There's certain just... things in life where, like, they work great as, like, a radar. And the more rated R it is, the better. But I just, I don't know why. I feel like Cowboy Bebop, you, you could have pulled this off as a very solid PG-13. And I, I felt like it almost just feels like it's it's rated R just to be rated R. Almost has that feeling of, like, back in the 2000s when they would make, like, the unrated version, and then they would just slap some extra CG blood, couple fucks in the background that you... You don't know how they really appear there. It's like, which character is really saying that? I don't know. It just sounds like it's just coming off, you know, just, like, through the echo. Die Hard 4. You know, yeah, like all die, the fucks die, come, die come off 4. screen, basically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, I don't know. I, I just thought that was the only thing. Is like, it was like, oh, it, just, it felt kind of weird. Like, it was like, oh, I just... 
you, you don't expect those characters to be kind of talking like that and so on. And, and some of them just felt like they were kind of very, like, shoehorned in there. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. It's one of those things, like... <coughs> it, it didn't bother me, per se, because I feel like they knew that, like, by this point, majority of the people that care or watch this thing are going to be probably in their 30s or older. Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, it I didn't really need all the extra language or the extra violence, but it didn't bother me that it was there, just because it was a different version. But it did seem kind of like... It, it did feel a little bit of like, look how grown up we are, Dad. Yeah, oh yeah, now that's I mean, it had that that kind. Of, and I mean, I, I guess nowadays everything kind of has to be sort of rated R because even kids don't probably watch shows. You know, th- there's a lot of people out there. If they see TV 14, they don't watch it. They just skip past it. So that might have been what they're kind of going with. You know, because if you think about it, all the major TV shows are generally rated R. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or damn near close to. I mean, shit. Even Star Trek nowadays, you got Picard going fuck. And it's just like well, I mean, that's almost just kind of funny in itself. But he just got off the set of Logan, so he's just like, I want to make, I want to do that for myself now. Yeah. I didn't see it, but I'm just assuming. But I just remember, it just like even that seemed kind of odd. You know what I mean? Like you just don't expect like Star Trek. Like, well, Star Trek's getting edgy now. <laughs> well, it's also you know it, yeah. it's like well those ones like I'll just say the start of like Star Trek Picard it really didn't need to be rated R they I felt like they just wanted to be ballsy that's 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 the only reason why they threw some fucks in there they were just watching Logan I mean, like, yeah <laughs> see and now Logan um, like it totally works in that one I felt like that that works really well like that but you know yeah I felt like time and a place and. I don't know, in Cowboy Bebop, it just felt, it felt a little bit weird. Because even, like, Faye, she just kind of felt like she had, like, a 15-year-old writing for her. Like, almost like one of those ones, okay, Faye, when you come in, you're going to say, you fucking dick, goblin, vagina sucker. Like, you know, it's just like, what? <laughs> Why is she saying Like, I just I just feel like one of those ones, like, who's writing this? I have a full-grown adult. <laughs> You know, I mean, literally, literally, Faye's character does feel like she was put together by like a fifteen-year-old. You know, what I mean, like, okay, man, like, at some point she's gonna have like this lesbo scene in it. Uh, why are you putting that in there? Faye's not a lesbian. Be like, come on, man, I'm, like trying to be like modern slash risque because you know what's gonna do? There's a lot of people out there that are gonna be fucking turned off by this and they're gonna be fucking pissed. But you know what? That's gonna create articles, man. I, I, that didn't bother me, but at the same time, I could see that also being kind of like, um trying to um, that, 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 piss off all the people that were piss off all the people they knew would be complaining about this thing in the first place it, it didn't bother me I, well, I, I can honestly like that's see gonna piss off going, the people they'd be complaining about but I felt like that's one of those ones where some people are going to be like I, I don't know I'll say this it does kind of this something that's kind of been like bothering me a little bit recently is that like a lot of movies when they when you have a strong female they'll always make her lesbian always which i feel like if you were a girl and you were a strong female and you saw that every character in a movie that was supposed to be a strong female turned out to be a lesbian it would make you kind of go is that does that mean that i'm a lesbian like what does that mean like why why can't we just have a strong female that doesn't have to be a lesbian and you know what i mean like it just feels like that's always such a go-to in like american stuff in about the last five years or so I don't, I don't know. I think it's a case-by-case basis. For this particular show, I didn't think really, I could see Faye going either way. I mean, my, my here's the thing about Faye. She, other than like uh, Whitney, which we'll get into Whitney in a little while, or after this maybe, she didn't, we never really saw her, see her have any on-screen relationship with anybody. She just used it to get what she wanted, and then she got out of there. That's what I mean, so, I, don't, I don't feel like Faye, I feel like Faye's the femme fatale character, and a lot of times those characters, they have sexual appeal, but they don't actually 
the, they're not like bogged down by it because that, that's almost what they use as like a, almost like a skill and a strength, but not so much. I don't know. It, it felt like it sort of broke the character a little bit from like her original like um, almost like strengths and so on. I mean, it, it's well as well. I'm not saying it's like something that like is like the it's not like it's like the worst thing or anything like that but i just felt like it's it was it was an odd scene that one was very unnecessary like it was another one of those ones like you could have saved 20 minutes by not having that there because it was just kind of bizarre but like it does kind of like i felt like it sort of like drops the character down a little bit from being as strong as she could have been just because it's well, like the, it's the, just yeah, yeah it's, okay the, the, the point i was going to make though mm-hmm. is i think the thing with her is we never really saw her in a relationship and we don't really need to see her in a relationship but out of that I felt yeah. like for her it could kind of go either way with her. Now that scene I'm not I'm not really so much defending the scene like thinking it really helped the story I guess they wanted to just get like give her more agency in a sense to kind of talk about like you know like so was that, was that your like so uh, how long ago was it for you like I don't know and that's where we got more inf- information on you know, that she was frozen, and this is the first time she's been kind of coming out, and she's not really sure if she really likes guys or girls or that kind of thing. So that whole, like, I, I don't think that part was poorly written exactly, but I did think it was weird that lady was suddenly along with them on the ride. Like, where the fuck? Okay, you fucked once, and now you're just here like on the yeah. mission, you know? Well, it's also the same that thing, too, that I'll even say with the other lady, too. It's, once again, you, you, have a, you have a lady who's a mechanic. Of course she's a fucking lesbian. You know what I mean? Like, you, like, you can't just have a lady mechanic anymore. It's like, they gotta be a fucking lesbian. I, I just always think that stuff, it's like, I like, right when I saw that character, I'm like, she's gonna be a lesbian. I just I, I just could tell. Like, it, it's written by, you know, TV and Hollywood. It's gotta be a, you know, a lesbian. There's no way that you could have just a regular, like, mechanic lady. But, um, I don't know, I just felt like that was just very unnecessary. They, I, I don't maybe they just felt like they, because this will lead into, like, another part, but maybe it's that thing that they felt like all these characters needed to have relationships, but I really don't think these characters do. I think there's something to be said about characters who don't have relationships sometimes in movies, and it's just, like, it's the same thing with uh, Jet, because Jet now has, like, a kid with, like, some random-ass white chick on, like, another planet, and you're like... That is supposed to be, what's her name? Um, uh, That's the same name as the lady from the episode from the show. She just looks different. Oh, oh is it? Eliza? Or oh, that's the same okay. Lady. Yeah. But like, yeah, and it's like that <laughs> love is just got the, the. I love the husband guy who's just like the old like cowboy bronco buster looking guy with the big old mustache and whatnot. <laughs> I think one of who they are because I th- they did do a little bit of. I think they changed some names and moved some stuff around, but I think that's meant to be um, Bob or Bill. I don't, I don't remember his name, but there's there's the guy he would there's the guy with the stash. He'd always get information from the ISP from his old his old. Uh, his old uh, the cops. Not, 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 it's not his partner, but his old buddy from still in the ISP. So I think that's who that is supposed to be right there. That guy. Maybe that. Maybe that's what it is, and so on. Because there's some characters they like they bend, they gender bend and swap around. Like Mao, for instance. Like Mao Yenrai was like kind of a father figure to like to, to like uh, Spike, but in this she was it, it, Mao was suddenly a woman and just kind of like a. Uh, the lady that tried to help bring Vicious down, but fucked up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's not a big deal right there. I feel like that kind of yeah. works in a way. That it gives it more of the motherly feel to it. But um, because but, it's like, Jet never had, had a daughter in the show, did he? No, but yeah. that didn't bother me. It's, it's oh, one of those things, I, like, I, I could see him. Go, go ahead, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, the only thing I was like, when I saw that, I'm like, okay, they're just going to utilize this as like a, a hostage at some point later down the line. 
Yeah, I saw. I knew the same thing. <laughs> but like, it's like they need. Yeah, they, they need something other than like my ex girlfriend. You know, to like take her. She's my ex girlfriend. I don't give a shit. You know, I I knew that she was going to be a hostage at some point. Yeah, but it's like one of those ones. I mean, I, once again, not not saying it necessarily bothered me, but it felt like it was like one of those ones like. I don't know. It, that, that, some of these choices, they almost give it more of like, oh, okay, you kind of like generic what was kind of almost more interesting that like, hey, here's a bunch of these loner guys out in space. None of them have any real connection. I mean, Spike has connections from back in the day, but like in a sense, they're all just like very, very individualist people, you know? Yeah. And now that, yeah. you, now that you kind of throw in that, I, I don't know, it, it throws in that like, in a sense, the, the way that I look at Jet is Jet's more like about, like, it's all about family, as in Spike and Faye. And then once you take away that family aspect, it's more like, no, 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 it's about my daughter, Spike. I could care about it. I'll, I'll turn you in in two seconds. Well, the whole I'll say this. Regardless of that plot point they wrote in, I did think Mustafa Shakir was, like, the perfect Jet. Like, I oh, I got, I, I, there's I, no point where I was questioning, is that Jet Black? That was Jet Black. No, no I, question. Well, he, and like, well, him and it's like, and uh, John Cho, like, both of those guys were like fantastic. Like, I, I thought they were really there. I liked Faye, but she just had a couple things that I thought were just a little bit off. But I, I mean, that's not really the actress's fault. I think it's just some of the, like the just her writing was a little bit bizarre. That that's about it, though. Yeah, they they'd find like weird. I don't remember, but she, they, they they would give her like weird like insults to give people. I can't remember them off the top of my head. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I don't but, remember them, but they were kind yeah. they were kind of almost a little too. As I said, they felt like they were written by like an angry fifteen year old, like they, like you know but, what I mean. Yeah, and it made her feel a little bit more stupid when she sort of said some of those lines. You know, like almost like she was just. I don't know. Like it, it took away because I felt like that was always a thing about Faye. She had that kind of very intelligent mystique, like you know. Um, you know, it's just that kind of character. But um, but no, it's like realistically, I think all three of the actors were all totally fine. Like I actually liked all of them, you know, and I had no problems there. Like they all sold it extremely well. And um, I mean, I, I know it just seems like it's kind of like nitpicking about little things and so on like that. But I mean, it's still still was all in all pretty darn enjoyable. I mean, if, I'm gonna say this. There's, there's one last little nitpick I sort of have, and that is they should have been smoking way more. I felt like there's not enough smoking in here. <laughs> Faye is never smoking. I didn't think Jet was gonna smoke, but he smokes one cigarette finally at the end. And I don't know if that's just because nowadays smoking's treated like it's like the worst thing you could possibly do. I mean, sm- smoking is about equivalent of having a Confederate flag in your movie nowadays. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like if you put cig- like a cigarette in, like in a movie, you instantly get like rated R. You can't you can't even have a, like a PG or a PG thirteen anymore of a cigarette in there. But I felt like that seemed kind of like. I mean, at least there is smoking. Like, if, if there was absolutely no smoking and they just replaced it with craft beer like they kind of were doing, I would be like, well, okay, you kind of pussied out right there. But I felt like they need to be – there's so many scenes like, okay, if Spike has his arms crossed back and he's kicked back on the couch, pop a cigarette in his mouth. You know what I mean? If Faye's kicked back, you know, with her feet up on the table, pop a cigarette in her mouth. You know what I mean? If Jet's cooking, pop a cigarette in his mouth. I mean, it's, it's not that hard. He just brings out, like, hey, guys, I got the Bogart special. Just brings out, like, plates of cigarettes. They just cover it in whiskey, and they start mal- like, just eating it with their fucking hands. Yeah, it's just, like, I just feel like it's one of those ones, like, it, that sounds like such a weird, like, minor one. But, like, like it sounds like that one, but, like, you mind us sit down half a star because there wasn't enough cigarettes in the show? I'm like, it's weird, but Cowboy Bebop's very synonymous, or symbolic with, like, cigarettes and, like, 
that is almost like, I mean, I, I know nowadays cigarettes is kind of like the evil, but it's like when we're making movies, it, it should feel like, you know what it needs to feel like? It needs to feel like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where cigarettes are being smoked like they're going literally out of style. <laughs> More smoking, less lesbians, what you're saying. Yeah, just like literally, get get Tarantino in here, because he, he's, he's, he's the expert of getting characters to have cigarettes in their mouth the whole time. Well, it's one of those things, like, I noticed that there wasn't as much smoking. I guess that didn't bother me as much, but I noticed that there wasn't as much smoking as there was usually in the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I did notice there was a lot. They were, like, knocking beers back a lot, I guess. Like you said, that was kind of their replacement. Yeah. Is the trio themselves, (laughs) I think they all bounced well off each other. Just Mm -hmm. occasionally, maybe Faye would say, like, I have a dumb insult, but for the most part... I thought all their back and forth was pretty good. Yeah. Um, there, there were some really cringy lines in passing, and there's there that sometimes I think it was maybe intentional, but I, I got the sense of, and maybe Gotham might be a better example. I, I don't know. I haven't seen as much as you, mm-hmm. but I got some kind of like 70s TV show vibes from some of it. And I know, I know the whole like lost session thing was meant to be that, but I mean, the way of like, like they're like, what was it? Like, there's an episode with Whitney, and Whitney is a lady, and instead of a guy, and she, instead of being a, like a, a hus like a boyfriend, she was pretending to be her mother, and that whole thing, and stole her identity and fucked her over. When that, when they were trying to come up with excuses, like, oh, remember that time when you were a kid, and this, and they have that whole oh, play. Yeah. That, I felt that, like that, I was watching something out of like, out of like a '70s sitcom or an '80s sitcom, right there. That that was probably my least favorite episode. That that lady was really kind of like not that. that she's just really annoying. Like I felt like the one, who, and it's like I don't know. I like I. I because the here's the thing, I love that Faye episode in the car, or in the cartoon show where it goes into her past and she finds the VHS tape and all that stuff. And at least that, like they did kind of keep some of that stuff in there, and I think that's kind of cool. But that lady that they had in here was just kind of just it was that, that was just like the total like filler, obnoxious. And then she had the weird Russian husband thing and so on. And there was just some real bizarre parts where you just almost like you're like. This, how many hands did this go through to get written? Like, they're, they're, I mean, the only upside is it's like, okay, finally Faye gets her ship. Because I was like, where the hell is Faye's ship at this whole time? Well, they, they don't even get, like, Jet doesn't have the hammerhead. Yeah, he, he has, like, one those weird little three-wheeled, those three-wheeled motorcycle things. <laughs> they made it look kind of like the hammerhead. Like, okay, J- uh, John, your character gets a badass spaceship. Awesome. What about me? Well, Lady playing Faye, you're going to get an awesome spaceship, but a little bit later. Well, I got the Bebop. What about the Hammerhead? Hey, we got you a Power Wheels over here. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, the, the adult Power Wheels. And, um, I mean, I, I kind of assume that they probably, like, they're going to condense it. In a sense, since Jet has the Bebop, he's not going to have the Hammerhead. I mean, maybe that'll come at some point, but... Um, I, I could see it popping in an episode, too, but I just... I think you could already... You don't need to always have the... How did they get it? Like, they could just have it already. That's yeah, kind of thing. yeah, I know. Sometimes it felt like this thing does have a lot of things where it feels like they got to kind of like because that, that's that's the one thing that I feel like a lot of Americans sometimes don't understand from Japan. Japanese are really good at uh, having stuff happen and almost being explained without having to like stop and explain it to you. Where a lot of American shows have to do the thing like, "Hey, let's stop and sit down and talk for a second and you know, let, let's get the filler episode in to tell you this, you know, why it happened." Where like a Japanese thing wouldn't have to do that. Well, it's also something to the effect of, like, um, what was the example I was going to make? Like, 
there's some things they pick up on. Like, for instance, Ayn. All we knew about Ayn in the original was Ayn was just really smart and a data dog. What's a data dog? Well, there's, like, some kind of special code scanned into the dog's DNA that can only be read through some machine. And beyond that, the dog is super smart. Okay, what else? Well, um, you know, that's it. Yeah. And this, uh, they, they do utilize the dog. Maybe not as much as you think they... Maybe not as, like... I don't know. Not as um, the dog's almost more there is like is like scenery. Just oh look, there's the dog. Yeah. And then at one scene, like I felt so bad for the dog. I knew the dog was coming back, but when the dog <laughs> used like uses like eyes, you, literally uses, turns like, into like R two D two for a second. Yeah, and then they just <laughs> leave the dog on the like dock and fly away. I did feel bad. For the dog. I just I just so. felt like those ones like the dog turned into a, a to the, like a walking projector. Get the get get fucking rid of it. It's like <laughs> they, they almost treated the dog like it was like possessed by like the devil or something like that. <laughs> like almost like one of those ones. If like say it was one of those weird things where it like went back in time, like almost like Army of Darkness style. And it's like here's this mm-hmm. technology from the future, but like in the 1600s, it would just look like dark magic. Like that's how they treated that dog. Like when they saw that it had projector eyes. <laughs> <laughs> when it came out, I mean, like you know, it had probably two messages in there. They could have got the "Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi," or they got, you the, know, the evil French dude. Like, you will die, boy. <laughs> Wrong channel. <laughs> Try HDMI three. Yeah, exactly. Flip, flip that switch on the dog's head. But um, but yeah. Well, at least I mean, at, at the total end, for somehow, some way, Ed seems to find the dog and whatnot. And the, I'll say this: the Ed character is literally doing uh, the person playing Ed is playing exactly almost how the English dub of Ed is. But that is almost very frightening in live action. <laughs> God, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. I, I, I'm trying to be as nice as possible. I appreciate the effort. They went the distance. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. No, 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 no shit to that, like, to that actor. No, but I mean, it, it, it was literally the anime come to live action, but it was very, it was super uncanny frightening. <laughs> I'll say this. I feel like in people may like you know unsubscribe after hearing this. If there is one thing I'm gonna say, tone back on this when making a Cowboy Bebop live action. Ed, yeah. I'm just saying, just because some things don't work in live action, and of all the things they choose to change, I'm surprised. <laughs> even though it's only just for like a one quick scene that mainly works as a teaser for the next season, if the next season even happens. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those things. You're like, ooh, God, that's rough. That's rough. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be a dick. That that she went all out. Like it felt like a kid, and this is basically what Ed is: a kid saying, "I'm going to do an impersonation of my favorite anime character." Like, oh boy, oh God. Yeah, that, 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 and that's that's literally. I mean, as, as I said, like it's one of those ones. It, like that girl hits it a hundred percent. I mean, you. I mean, like you know what I mean. Like if that was a. a talent contest for the you know the best ed actress i mean she definitely got that down perfect that was what you're going for but that's that's the one thing that i felt could have been kind of toned down because here's the thing someone who's watching this who's never seen cowboy bebop before and that comes on that might be the part they go shit i'm not for watching one of those again <laughs> well that's the that that's the very reason i guarantee you i guarantee you that is the very reason they waited until like the last scene of the very last episode to drop her in there. And I knew she would be, they hinted at her yeah. earlier on. They just said, I got a tip from Radical Edward. Radical Edward, really? You know? Yeah. So um, they, they hint at him at her a few times, but then in that scene, <laughs> I feel like that a lot of people, they don't know how to write Ed, which I understand. If you go exactly like the anime, it would be hard to do it. But I think there are ways 
to do it, you, that's a character you would have to change for live action. And yeah. I'm surprised some of the things they did change, but then it changed that. Well, yeah, because that, that, that's the perfect one that all you got to do for Ed, really, is just tone the character down. Same character, just, just you know, crank it down from 11 back to, like, 2. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just give her just... Here's the thing. Literally just give Ed the old-fashioned... Uh, hacker stereotype character. That's all you really need. I mean, you know, what I mean, you don't need to, you know, get out of the box or anything like that. That that's that's fine. Give it a couple, like you know, in a sense, like here's the best way. This this is like, you take like the guy from Jurassic Park Four, the the guy who's really into Jurassic Park, the kind of nerdy guy in the computer lab. Mm-hmm. You give her kind of like one of those, but just like a twelve year old version of that. You know, where mm-hmm. she she really likes things. She's really kind of like overly into stuff, but just. Tone back the the wacky, but you know what's going to happen though. If they would have done that, there would have been just Ed fans that just would have bitched and complained that like she wasn't full on Edward. Cowboy Bob's one of my favorite shows, and I'm fully aware that whenever I have, whenever I show Cowboy Bob to somebody who's never seen it before, I got to make sure I got to think to myself, <laughs> yeah. is Ed in this episode? And if I got to show him the whole series, I'm like, well. At least Ed doesn't come in until episode six or seven. And I even think the creators knew that because they waited to put her in until episode six or seven. Well, because that, that's the one thing about Cowboy Bebop is that the Ed character for the anime series, that's the one thing. It's like it's if you can't handle Ed, you might not be able to watch the entire show because that, and you know, and, I mean, and a lot of animes kind of have that. They'll have just that one character that's like, you know, if you just took that one character out, you had a real solid show. That one character is going to throw off some certain people. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I and I get why they held back on her. I'm just surprised that when they put her in, it was just kind of like it was like someone like they had the hose going and they just like kinked up the hose, just let it build up, build up until like the faucet was about to explode. Like now, and then like spike, like oh shit, it's the like, goggles and everything. It's like that thing like when you drop the hose and then you accidentally hit the um, the trigger and it shoots, and then next thing you know, it's spraying you right in the, the face eye. and everything, and you're having a hard yeah. time turning it off. That's how it sort of felt. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's just well, chaos going, on, and now you got tangled up in there. And so, yeah, like, as I said, if this was in the movie theaters, that scene would have been so frightening. Well, here's another thing about that, though. Like, the first time I saw that scene, I was kind of, like, not, like, flabbergasted and disgust, but just, like, holy shit, that's what you're doing? I wasn't even paying attention to what she was saying. Before we did the show, like, literally, before we recorded... I rewatched the last two episodes just to jog my memory. Uh-huh. And um, the whole uh, – she is basically – did you did you catch what she's saying? Did you pick up on every, all the nonsense she was jabbering? Well, they're all like – they're actually like clips from like the anime, like all the certain like things. Like they're, they're taking like those kind of like moments. But well, uh, no, what she was saying though, what she, what she was saying, did you, did you pick up on what she was telling Spike? Uh, I can't remember exactly. Vincent is going to be the villain for season two. Vincent from the, the movie. From the movie. Oh, that's kind of cool. She's saying she's saying Villaggio, Villaggio. What big bounty, Villaggio? Scary butterfly man. Like oh, I just remember hearing scary yeah. butterfly man. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking? I remember. Oh wait, he saw like he saw lights that looked like butterflies. That's so, right. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. actually that's actually pretty cool then. So. So yeah. at least it's like they found kind of a you know that, that's actually a perfect way to kind of go to start using some of the you know the movie stuff mixed with uh, the other stuff they haven't used from the show so far. Well, when they went to get the French guy, um, they went to uh, Cheerious Medical, and that is the drug company from the uh, from the movie. So 
I was like, okay, they're either grabbing the French dude or they're grabbing Vicious. And they first wheel him out because he wasn't in the whole clown outfit yet. Mm-hmm. So I was like, is it Vicious? And they said, they call him Mad Puro. Like, oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, exactly. So it's not, but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, like, they definitely utilize a lot of Cowboy Bebop stuff. It doesn't have that thing where the show doesn't feel like it's just, like, a bunch of people kind of got it, kind of took, like, a, a, a look at, like, you know, an episode or two of Cowboy Bebop and then threw it over their shoulder and said, yeah, I got this. You know, it definitely feels like, you know, the people all involved all dig Cowboy Bebop, even if they have maybe their own ways to sort of, like, try to re- rework it in a sense. But, um, you know, it's like, and like the action, when there is action, the action's really good in this. Yeah, well, the thing is, they actually do have, like, the the action choreography and the fights are great. Especially the fight between Spike and Vicious at the end in the Mm -hmm. church. Like, that fight scene is great. Um, Yeah, it's really cool. But they they do, because you can tell, like, I'm wondering how much of this is a studio leaning in. Like, I feel like there's three or four factors. Some of it is a studio leaning in, like, I don't get this shit. Yeah. Another part of it is budget and trying to work around the budget and like well we got to make use of this bar we got to make use of this set so we got to make a lot of plot points around this area and then you also have like people who really do like the show but are trying to write it and trying to like put in as many references and easter eggs to the show as possible while still trying to give you something different enough because there is this weird balancing act because I'm I'm gonna make a weird comparison here for a second Mm mm-hmm um, now we tried this once, didn't work out. I'm not saying another one needs to happen, but let, let's just say you wanted to make a, another live-action Dragon Ball movie, entirely different cast, or, or even a, a, like a, a live-action Dragon Ball TV show or something, mm-hmm. just hypothetically. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it needs to be made. I'm not saying it should be made. not saying it has to happen, but there's so much Dragon Ball out there. I feel like you could mix and match it. If yeah. you could present things out of order, there would be... You could bring Krillin in sooner instead of fighting um, Emperor Pilaf. Maybe they fight the Red Ribbon Army first and mix it around. And maybe once you get to Frieza, it's not just Frieza. Also, Cooler is there. Maybe Broly can get involved somehow. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm saying there's enough things... There's so much history to that, you can mix it around and change it. Or, you know, even like Batman. There's so many iterations of Batman, yep. you can Frankenstein something. There's only so much Cowboy Bebop. So to go against that grain, to change it so much, would seem like, well, are we watching Cowboy Bebop anymore? So that's the hard balancing act of trying to present something new, worthwhile watching, at the same time presenting it as still Bebop. Yeah, because, you know, it's almost like one of those ones, like, I mean, I I, I like almost that it doesn't have to be, like, 100% just, like, the animation turned live action, because it's almost like one of those ones, like, live action generally can't outbeat, like, a good animation, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know there's many other people out there would say it the exact opposite, but I feel like it's really hard to top a good animation, you know, live action just doesn't cut it, so sometimes you got to kind of do things a little bit differently, but um, in, in this one, I think the, it does have that balancing act of trying to keep, like, all the like the integrity of like the classic Cowboy Bebop, but then trying to throw in like you know what it feels like it does have it does kind of have like the almost like the stereotypical like television kind of style of uh, the nowadays kind of style where I feel like it, in a sense it kind of almost takes from like soap operas, but I always kind of feel like it's like the the backstabby kind of like TV where because that's almost how it feels like Julia and Vin uh, and uh, Vicious and everybody's kind of having like that kind of like like backstabbing trying to take over kind of Game mi- of Thrones thing yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, Game of Thrones is the thing that kind of definitely popularized it. But like when you when I kind of think about it, I'm like, you know where that really all came from was soap operas, because that's totally like what those are. And I know people love the Living Daylights out of that. That's sometimes I'm not really the biggest fan of that kind of stuff. I mean, like it, it's not the worst, but I, I could kind of do with less of that and you know I mean in this one it's not so bad it's, it's there enough that it's kind of like okay whatever I, I mean I, I get it that's what that's what the kids are into nowadays but um you well, know there's even like oh go ahead yeah oh no you can go Alan um well the whole thing with it is really if you just break it down to Spike Faye and Vi- Spike Faye and uh, Jet mm-hmm. it ultimately comes down to what the show mostly is which is Bounty to bounty, episode to episode, just trying to make money, trying to get some food, this and that. Mm-hmm. And then we cut over to meanwhile, like meanwhile at Vicious's penthouse, you know. And <laughs> yeah. then like, and then like we see like the whole Julia Vicious dynamic, and that's where we get the whole like that whole thing. We get the whole quasi Game of Thrones, and I know there's always been like you said the whole backstabby. I'm in control now thing, but Game of Thrones seemed to really popularize it. Yeah, that's the, where we kind of get that. And that's maybe like 25% of an episode until you get to maybe like the last two or three episodes. So, but at the same time, there it still kind of hangs over Spike because he knows the syndicate is kind of after him. So aside from doing whatever bounty, Spike has to often kind of like stay ahead, a step ahead of Jet because like, well, I can't let Jet know that I was a, a syndicate member at some point or whatever, which we've been talking about the show this whole time. We've barely tapped on John Cho as Spike. No, and, and he's really good as it. I mean, like, granted, like, that's the one that like the second that I heard he was Spike, I, like, you didn't, I, you didn't have to even show me a picture. I'm like, oh, I'm sold on that. You know, I think some people go, you mean Harold is? And it's like, I'm like, dude, he, he's like a super actor. He, he's played in all kinds of other stuff. I mean, like, don't get me wrong, I love Harold and Kumar. That's like one of the best comedies ever made. You know, and I mean, granted, whenever I think of John Cho, I mostly always even think of him first and foremost from, the you know. The guy. Yeah, from American Pie, because that was just where I was. But I'm like, I've always liked him. And, like, it's one of those ones, like, when he was there, I'm like, oh, dude, he's got it. Like, you, you don't even have to say anymore. And I feel in this one, he does. He's got the right look. They found the way to kind of get Spike's hair kind of working in live action because that always seems like one of those tough ones. It's like, how, how do you have the, the right kind of looking hair that's not going to look like he's just got a goofy like wig on or something like that? Yeah. It's, he's not, thought, it, you know, um, in a sense, because Spike's hair works really well where, where Vicious's hair just looks like he's got a goofy wig on. He's just like wearing a mop. Yeah, it's just like it's like one of those ones. It's like I just feel like I don't know. Like the, the guy who plays Vicious, it's, there's nothing wrong with him. It's just he just does not look good with like that super like you know bleach blonde hair. Like I don't know. There's like there just feels like couldn't you find somebody? Couldn't you just find like some like like I don't know. Like there's got to be just some like rock star guy out there, or something like that. That's just already got the right like blonde hair. Not not this guy who just feels like so awkward with it on. Yeah, like yeah, you probably could have found something like that, like some a Japanese if, K-pop if, if star was, or if, if some shit. If it was shit, in the eighties, you would have just found just some like hair metal person to like show up and play vicious. <laughs> like, because that's I how just I, realized I said Japanese K-pop. I said I yeah. J-pop star shit. <laughs> yeah, just, well, one of them jet was see like like one of those guys who goes over there. He's like, well, you know what? I, you know, I, I might not be a be a J-pop star here, but I can go over to Korea and uh, you know ch- change the game a bit. You know, I mean, come on, like they're, they're not going to know if I just change my name a little bit. Come on, no, no one's going to know, right? <laughs> Especially Americans, <laughs> definitely Americans. Literally, I could just slap myself on the cover of People magazine and just say I'm from <laughs> shit. I could say I'm from the fucking moon, and they'd believe it. <laughs> um, no, like, I, I honestly, yeah, the, the guy who played Vicious because the whole like, oh, well, let's actually go on the onto Spike for a second. Um, because John Cho is Spike, 
I mean, I was immediately, like, when I first heard that, I'm like, he's not the first person that comes to mind, but I can definitely see him playing Spike. And I guess the whole thing with Spike is he's 27, but you got John Cho, who's almost 50, playing him. Like, I think he's 49 or 50, but at the same time, he doesn't fucking look it. He looks like he's in his late 30s or early 40s. He aged very fucking gracefully. Well, so, and, and I'll say this. I, I know that the Cowboy Bebop ages. They always say Spike's 27 and Jet's 35 and Faye's, you know, like 25, but realistically 77. Um, I will say, like, Spike almost still feels kind of older. Like, and, I, and Jet does not feel 35. When I think of Jet, yeah. I feel Jet should be 55. I think it's, that, there's always a Japanese thing. I think some, there's something about Japan. They, they love, like, youth or something like that. Like, where they should, like, Im, like have some of their characters just be like, no, 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 you, you drew this character looking like they're, like, 10, 20 years older than, like, what you say they are in the booklet. I remember uh, at one point in time, it was so fucking stupid. You know that thing when you're in your 20s and you're thinking, man, I haven't got as much done in my life with X, Y, and Z. I remember like being like 20. It, it, like, it got progressively more realistic as it went on, but it started off like I was reading a full fucking things. Like, why are you bringing this up? I was reading a Superman book, and it was a Superman origin story, and I was like, man, Clark Kent already had a job at the Daily Planet by 24. I'm 25. What the fuck is wrong with me? He's a Superman. He's not in a fucking comic book. What am I thinking? I check myself on that. And then, like, a few years later, I was like, man... Spike was a self-made hitman at, like, 27. I'm, like, 27. I'm still working at a bike rental company. <laughs> so, well, I'm one year away from being... I'm, I'm almost 35, which trips me out. I'm like, man, I don't have my own spaceship running my own, like, bounty hunting business, commanding two other people on what to do. But man. don't swim, lie to me. <laughs> This is the weirder one, though. Is I remember when I was watching, I think, uh, Simpsons, and when they, like, you know, one of the episodes, they say what Homer's age is, and he's only like 36. And that was like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> I guess in 36 in the 90s or something, but I guess if it stays that way. Well, yeah, and I guess it's just in your head you picture Homer being like 46, maybe. Like, that, that's what I would almost think, but it, I guess you could be 36 and be the balding, you know, fat goof guy walking around. And so, I don't know. I just was wondering, like, I, I, I mean, I guess it makes sense. But it's one of those ones, like, wait a second. I'm almost Homer Simpson age now. Well, I guess they got married young and they had kids immediately or something like that. Yeah. But, or it, they have, like, a few flashback episodes. They they change it. They made it the 90s instead of the 70s or oh, something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. nowadays, it's probably, they probably have one that they're, they're probably technically, like, younger than us now. <laughs> Marge and Homer, Marge and Homer, like met like at a uh, met like at a um, at a like Pearl Jam concert or something like that. You know, it's probably it's probably the new thing. But um, no, what I was gonna say, um, John Cho though he he nails it both the physicality and the characteristics. There's even have some fun like back and forth. Like there's the part like. Um, even though that episode wasn't the best episode, there's still some funny bits with Spike and, like, Jet, where, like, they're in the back of, like, a bus, and they're kind of, like, bickering at each other, and, like, Spike is wearing the ring just as the tracker. It's like, you guys are a lovely couple, and, like, he, like, just to fuck with Jet, like, Spike's like, he looked out, then he just waves the, like, <laughs> the wedding ring, he says, you're a beautiful couple, thank you, ma'am, we know. You know, he's like, I don't believe this shit, you know? Yeah, no, no, like, no. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Oh, as I say, no, no, no. It, it, it does have some good back and forth bickering and so on, like that, and kind of like the, the char- like the, like those three characters. Like that, that's the thing I feel like is kind of the most golden thing. As long as you combine that with you know good action set pieces and so on, I, I feel like that kind of magic is there. 
you know. And, um, yeah, that's the thing. The characters are super solid, all in all. It's some of the, the little odd stuff along the way. I will say one thing that actually actually is really impressive that they got down, like, 100% perfect is the um, when they watch the TV show and it's the... Big shot. It, yeah, big shot. Like, when, when I saw them, like, oh, my God, those characters look identical, which I, I'm kind of surprised because I, I didn't think this day and age they would have, like, are they going to have the girl that, does, that has just a jacket on but no shirt underneath? And it's like, oh, she is dressed like there. that. <laughs> you know? They look like full-on cosplayers for it. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. It's like, because most things never do that where it's like, you know, it's just like, if you know, if you just do the cosplay look, you know, there's people out there that get these costumes, like, down 100%. Like, I don't know why science movies always feel like they got to make the half-ass-looking version of it. But it's like, that one's like, dude, they got that down really good. Now, I will say, that's another scene, though, that, like, for somebody who's never seen the anime, I bet you that part seems really bizarre to them. <laughs> well, the, the show does have a, a good balance of, like, there's... They get a lot of stuff in there. I know we talked about a few the few things they gender bend and t- tweaked around, but mm-hmm. there's like you know the Teddy Bomber episode yep. I thought was really good. They got a lot. They they basically took the opening to the movie for the first episode and then f- switched a few things around and then brought in the whole bloody eye thing and then still twisted that around as well. So they do get a lot of characters in there. Even they, I think that. They do a good job, because sometimes I'm wondering, how are they going to get this in there? It's going to feel a little out of left field, but then they do a good job of connecting characters. Like, okay, often it's Vicious grabbing somebody and deciding he's going to use this guy against Spike or something, and that still works in in the context of the show. Um, I will say that, like, I... There's some characters they changed that didn't bother me. Like, I didn't mind that they changed Gren so much. Like, mm-hmm. Gren, I know he's drastically different in this. He doesn't... He's not, like, a... a he's not, like, a war veteran. But, like, I, I thought that, like... I guess they just wanted to, like, use that character more. And, you know, I thought he was a great character in the show. He, he's drastically different in this. But I still think it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they still do a good way of kind of combining things, yet still making mm-hmm. certain things a little bit kind of fresh and different. And, uh, but s- still capturing, like, you know, the exact way it kind of is. Um yeah, I mean, overall, it, it does a pretty good job at getting things down, even, you know, with it's kind of like, you know, I mean, it, it feels like it just has the typical, like, TV tropes, I think, is what kind of holds it back. And I know that certain people love that kind of stuff. I know for me, that's always the thing that keeps me away from TV is generally, like, the, the long filler scenes, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, yeah. I, I do feel that there is some parts that could be trimmed down, but I feel like it's one of those ones. It's it's hard for someone to go, like, if you only release six episodes instead and you had it just kind of nicely, you know, cut down, I felt like you feel like, what, you can't, can't release more episodes? I think that's just how they sort of feel. I, find, I honestly feel like this could have been seven or eight episodes. I'm thinking maybe ten episodes. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like there's just, there's just there's a little bit that... I mean, I'll say this, in, in about mo- other than the first couple of episodes, most of the episodes could have had at least about 10 minutes kind of cut down, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also um, something else about this. I'm kind of wondering what they're going to use, because they used up a lot of their, I mean, now, granted, they're probably going to have some kind of weird power struggle dynamic of some sort, and the first episode, or first two episodes of the next season, when next season comes out, is about to be the team getting back together, because we have, what characters do we already use up? We already used up... Uh, the like uh, Mad Mad Puro. We used up r- the Red Eye guy. We used up Teddy Bomber and Ab- Abdul Akeem. So I guess notable villains you could still have for the next one. They already announced basically it's going to be um, uh, Vincent. Vincent. Then you have like the three the, the two black exploitation bounty bounty hunters from the 
Mushroom Samba episode, mm-hmm. and then um, the Mushroom Dealer, and then you also have like you got like the Heavy Metal Queen, like Space Trucker Lady. Yeah, Heavy Metal Queen. Yeah, I guess I was, I was thinking villains, but I guess characters that could still help move the plot one way or the other, like J- like VT or whatever her name is, like Cowboy Andy. But I'm not sure they kill Cowboy Andy because they had a leaderboard. And they had, like, Cowboy Andy was on there, and I saw them take a name off. I didn't see if it was Cowboy Andy or not. But And then there's the guy, there's Chessmaster Hex, and then yep. the bounty hunter going after Chessmaster Hex. Yeah. Um, well, and then, So you have, like, eight, eight characters right there that could still, you know, bump shoulders with. Well, that's what I mean. Is I, I think there's, there's just enough material left that you could pretty much do another ten episodes of, and hopefully call it good there. Because I feel like, and just do it, like, the, like... Short and sweet, just like kind of the anime. Because if you go on any longer, I mean, then you're going to have to start making stuff up. And not saying that you can't do that, but it's going to feel, I don't know, a little blasphemous to kind of keep going on, making up stuff that's when it's not coming from the original creator. Yeah, by that point, I think it will be. Especially with, like, I mean, well, however season two is probably going to end, I mean, it's probably going to be, like, vicious taking the seat back killing Julia. And I'm going to say the whole thing with Julia at the end was, like, very sudden. Like, I, I the whole yeah. thing, because like, the thing about Julia is she was, like, a femme fatale, but the thing with her is she lived, like, a, she already lived a full life, and she had, like, a busy, hard life at a young age, and she just seemed very stoic and very mysterious, where this, she is kind of like the weeping housewife who's trying to escape her abusive husband, and then at the very end, she becomes the villain. Mm-hmm. And it's like... The, the, like becoming becoming the villain is one thing, but after seeing Spike after all this time and then shooting him the second he says no to you, that seems like beyond being the villain. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I wasn't super impressed with the Julia character in this version. I felt felt like. Yeah. You know, I, I, once again, that that felt like that was trying to be very soap opery. That that was totally what that was going with. And I feel the only thing that I kind of don't really like is I could see in the next series is this going to be now you're going to have that super like power struggle between Julia, Vincent, Vicious, you know, Spike, whatever you want to say it, and it's it's going to have one of those kind of things, which um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like one of those ones. It's like they they, they I, I see what they're doing. You know, and I know that that's popular. So that, like, and that always kind of reminds me, like, is that what the the creators totally want, or is that that kind of thing that Netflix kind of leans in and kind of does that thing? I, like, sometimes you kind of feel like there's just that, like, hey, we have this list of things you got to get in here. People like the the backstabbing kind of like soap opera style. Put that in there. Don't put very many cigarettes in there because cigarettes are bad. You know, but you know, shooting people is okay. <laughs> Well, there's also well, the, if I can make a prediction, you know, somebody's got to be somebody's got to be a lesbian in there. All the main characters, <laughs> I like it. Like somebody has to be all the main main characters. <laughs> um, if I can make a prediction for the next uh, season, um, I could if there is one, because mm-hmm. this thing, I'm not sure how it's, I'm not sure what they're going to do about it because it's getting ripped apart by critics. But I think it's, I, I, if if this did not have like. If it wasn't like such a appreciated, beloved series, yeah, I think that it would be. Here's this new show. It's kind of weird and quirky, but it's like there's some weird things in it. But it's actually pretty cool. I think that's the way most people would walk away from this if there wasn't like the show already. And I'm, I feel like it makes it goes out of its way to be a little wackier than what the actual anime is. I think the anime is more yeah. stoic then and this is goes out of its way to be well. It's kind of like an anime, right? And I feel like some writers or directors are like. 
well, we don't really want it to be stoic or wacky. And then some producer is like, but it's an anime, right? Like, all right, okay, sure. Well, yeah, because I will say that that is the one thing that's kind of weird because it's like the show should be a little bit more serious than it is. It's a little bit kind of like... Not necessarily like slapsticky, but like they definitely put more jokes in it than are kind of necessary. And I'm not saying that like you know some of the jokes are great and so on like that, but it is that weird thing that you like you'll have like almost like one of the most serious, most like almost like in a sense like art piece animes. Like in a sense, you know, beyond the Ed character, it's like you you almost it's like you can almost show this to like anybody who's like hardcore into film or anything like this. And it's like if you couldn't get this and like how you know well done you know the Cowboy Bebop anime is like there's almost something kind of wrong with you in a sense. But it is that thing that like it almost feels like they double down the wagon. Once again, it has that weird like Batman like not not as much as Batman Ninja, but like that thing where it's like okay, animes are kind of weird and wacky, right? Well, like a uh, Go go a little bit more hardcore. It's like, well, no, only animes are like literally every genre. They can be anything. Like, I, I think some people just don't get that. Yeah, and another example I was going to make. Um, I feel like uh, shit. What was the example I was going to make? Um, I feel like, for instance, well, actually, no. Some of the humor that does work is like, there's the part when they're at the Teddy Bomber. They're trying to track him down. They open up and they're in a uh, they're at a wedding, and like. Spike's like, we don't look, we don't blend in. Like, and Jet's like, I'm the master at blending in. It shows him, he's like the only one, like, in a brown suit and a fedora. Everyone's <laughs> in white suits around him. So, like, there's like some of those, like, I think a lot of, like, majority of the humor centering around Jet uh-huh. is, like, perfect, just about. I, like, I, if there's one thing I'm going to say, I mean, I, I think the whole trio does a great job, but yeah. I think Mustafa Shakir was, like, perfect casting as Jet. There is no moment where I was questioning, would Jet do that? Like, if Jet had a daughter, he would definitely do that. But yeah. it, it was one of those things, like, that character, he just sold me as that character. Even down to his voice performance, you could tell he watched the dub. Exactly, know? yeah. No, no, no. I, I definitely think that Jet was extremely dialed in the whole way through. And, yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. Is so many of these things like that work really well and are good. But it is that kind of thing, because, you know, like, the, the main thing about Cowboy Bebop when you're watching the anime is so many of the episodes end with, like, a bittersweet kind of feel. Like, that's almost like one of the core things of it. The show doesn't really have a whole lot of that in there, like the live action one, because it's I think because it's it doesn't have as much of that kind of like it, it has it a bit, but not enough to like resonate as much. And I'm not saying that like you know it's not still enjoyable and things like that, but it's missing. I think that's the thing is it is missing a little bit of that like seriousness, bittersweet, a little bit of that kind of dark edged kind of like thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's I mean, also because it, yeah. it's, it's like the show's episodic and not continual, where this thing's doing the continued thing. It's more focusing on like the the cliffhanger moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah, because that's the Netflix thing. It always wants you to watch the next episode, so they're going to always kind of end somewhat on a cliffhanger. So you have like a character get blasted away, and then tune in next week for tune in now for <laughs> yeah. the next episode, and then I, I feel like that's something about it because. They all felt a little bit more like the years of their own standalone story throughout the show. Now, I am glad they threw the original anime on Netflix for people to check that out, too. That that made me happy. So mm-hmm. people could see what made the original one so great. And this is, once again, this is I, it doesn't sound like we liked it. I, don't, I can't speak for you, but I, I myself liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. And I will watch the second season, but going back, I was going to say before I put myself on an own tangent... Um, I got a theory that what's going to happen in season two is that is Vincent is going to come into play 
and then he is going to be trying to either take power from Julia at the syndicate or take out or like you know like make a deal with her and spike is coming in like look i'm tracking that guy down so i don't want you getting hurt i don't want you getting involved and then things just escalate now one thing that might come out of that that will be interesting is and who knows how they're going to portray him but like vicious versus vincent that could be an interesting fight because we never got a chance to see that no i i do think that would be actually kind of cool and i think that like hopefully when it kind of comes next and in a sense i think you know, sometimes you need that first season to kind of uh, work out all the kinks and so on like that. Like, a lot of times, I'll, I'll use this as an example. It's like Gotham. Gotham's first season's very rocky. But, like, once they get past that, that show turns into, like, one of the most solid shows I've ever kind of seen. Where, like, every episode, you're guaranteed to get good action. Everything feels like it has a purpose. There's no filler in there and so on like that. But it had to take that first moment to kind of figure it out. It's like it almost didn't know what it was doing exactly at first. And then once it kind of did... It kind of is. So I feel the second one might be able to get that just dialed in just that extra bit, you know, because they'll see what works, what didn't work as much, tone certain things down and what have you. Um, Maybe even make it. I don't know. Hopefully it's like one because mostly it's always the other way around and stuff where it's like, hey, people like the comedy. Amp the comedy up even more. Maybe this is one of the few ones that they'd be like, you know what? Maybe we'll make this one a little bit more on the bittersweet, a little bit more serious, you know, kind of kind of go with that. And um no, I, I think it can kind of work out. I hope they make a second season. I don't. I'm not sure if it will. The way I mean, I think it's doing good in streaming numbers, but I, I don't know um, with the reviews it's getting. Which I think a lot of the reviews are just being like too kind of like been out of shape about it. Like if you said you love the anime but didn't care for this version, I'd get it. Mm-hmm. But if you said that like you thought this was like straight ass the worst anime adaptation ever made i'm like you haven't seen dragon ball evolution (laughs) well yeah anybody who says that kind of stuff obviously hasn't watched very much i don't trust anybody's opinion when they say it's the worst because i Mm -hmm. I hate the term when people use the term the worst i don't know what it is like that's one of those things that's always bothers me if i see any video that uses the term worst in there i just say get this out of here because somebody obviously Mm -hmm. if, if you're saying this thing's the worst you obviously have not watched enough stuff Mm-hmm. There, you yeah. know what I mean? There's always going to be something worse, and there's always going to be something down there. And if you're focusing on the negativity of stuff, it's just silly, you know. But, um, no, I mean, overall, it's pretty darn solid for the most part. I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm not a big TV person, so a lot of times the stuff that I don't like in TV stuff, I know everybody else kind of likes. It's like that thing that, you know, for me, I just get kind of bored when there's, like, sort of filler stuff. Or if there's just, like, way long talking scenes that you can just sort of tell that... They're only long because they need to fill up a time frame. It's not that you necessarily need all this information. But um, but overall, I still thought, like, yeah, you know, the action's still pretty good. The set pieces look good. Like, uh, the CG work actually looks really good in it. You know, when there's action, the action's really good and so on. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, other than, like, some minor little, like, stuff. Because that's really what I feel. It's, like, the only things I don't really care for, they're, they're all kind of minor. It sounds like it's a lot, but it's more like, I wish there was some cigarettes. I wish, you know, there's a couple things like that, you know. But, um, you know, uh, overall, I think it is still a pretty interesting one. And I, I'm pretty sure they would make a second one, like, because, you know, this day and age, you know, movie-wise, if something doesn't do good, then they instantly cut the cord on that. But it feels TV is a little bit different. I'm just wondering, just because I remember um, 
they had like this hour long, maybe it was only 30 minutes, but this whole like, we're going to premiere the official trailer for Cowboy for Netflix's Cowboy Bebop, and we're going to have like interview the stars bleeding up to it and this and that, you know, all this shit. I'm like, okay, I'll be back for this when the trailer comes on. Boom. You know, and then like, <laughs> came in like, looks at the trailer starting now. Okay, cool. And then watch the trailer for it. And that, th- then I was like, I was like, okay, so you guys are really giving this thing, you're really hyping this thing up. You were doing, or trying to make this big deal out of it. Yeah, that little Lost Sessions, like, mini-movie on on YouTube that you threw out there. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the day one this thing came out, after a bunch of the reviews already came out, it was not the first thing to pop up, like, and they do whenever there's a new thing that comes out that the, its first day. It was like, it was like four down, you know? Yeah, uh, I kind of noticed that, too. There, there was like a couple movies that kind of outbeat it. But, um, yeah. you know, I mean, if, yeah, for as much as I guess they are, but, they're, you know, who knows how much stuff Netflix released that same day and so on. I will say, actually, yeah. something that is kind of cool in it, too, is like their uh, intro title sequence where they just kind of do, in a sense, that literally the same thing as the anime, but they just do it in like live action, is actually pretty neat mm-hmm. looking. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool, yeah. You know, um, yeah, I, I liked it. I hope they make another season, and I hope they... Uh, Take some of the uh, criticisms people talked about into mind when making it, like the, the the decent criticisms, not the this thing should not be ever made again. You know, not yeah, that. D- shit. D- just don't the, don't take the angry fifteen year old criticisms. Just like the angry fifteen year old who gets the writer job always. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. I, I, don't, I don't know that, that that guy sure seems to get a lot of like words out, and everybody seems to listen to him. But <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah no I I think it's it could, it, and it doesn't need much I feel like it ju- it just needs a little bit of fine tuning and I think it it could actually be pretty darn you know dialed in yeah uh, anyway well I guess that's a good place to leave off at right there but yeah I, if you like Cowboy Up I'm going to say check the show out but don't go in with the highest of expect not saying go in with low expectations but don't no. go in with expectations like it's the sequel to the show or something. Yeah, you just go into it with an open mind, and as long as you kind of go that way, I think that's it. You, you can't go into it thinking, yeah, it's going to be like the next run of the show, or, you know, it's not going to be something like, in a sense, like uh, Evangelion 4 that we just kind of watched, where it's like, in a sense, this thing came out way past the other thing, but it actually fits in real nice and well. Um, it's just to take it as its own thing and so on. And if I kind of compare it to, like, you know, because, you know, there's, there's only a handful of really, of uh, anime live actions out there, really, at the end of the day. I mean, it'll, if you go to Japan, there's a lot more, but in America, there's only, a, you know, a good handful of them out there, and I think this one uh, sits up pretty high, if you kind of compare it to some of the other things. So, um, yeah. yeah, definitely check not, it out. It's not Amer- it's, This is an American one, but the, the Kenshin no, the, live the action Kenshin one? Exists. Th- no. that, that exists, so y- that, that exists, so this is already not going to be like the best one. And I mean, that that's something that can be transferred easily to live action, I believe. But yeah, oh, I won't hold us up any longer. Well, I was say, yeah, the Roroni Kenshin, th- those ones. If you want a really amazing uh, live action anime, those three Roroni Kenshin movies are really good. Did you see uh, four oh, and five? No, I didn't see four and five yet. I They're on Netflix. Four, four and four is uh, the prequel, basically the remake of Samurai X, and that one's just kind of oh whatever, just the remake of Samurai X. But the fifth one is awesome. Oh, cool. Well, I need to check those ones out, too. I think they're also on Funimation. But, oh, um, which always feels weird watching. I'm on Funimation. I'm watching live action. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. Like, there's, just like, there's not very many live action movies on Funimation, but there's like 15 of them, and it just feels really bizarre. But, um, but yeah. So, uh, yeah. You know what? Personally, I don't, I don't mind seeing like some more kind of live action anime stuff. I mean... You know, it is always kind of hard to hold a candle to, like, the original versions. But, you know, I mean, I think 
once we get past, like, you know, once people drain the well, I guess, of comic books, of course, this is what's going to be the next big one they're going to go for. So uh, prepare yourself. And I think if you just go in, you'll be ready for it. But till then, go check out oldmanoids.com for more podcasts, comic books like Pizza Boys, old animations, and all that fun stuff. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And we'll see you some other time. Later, folks.